Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started here. Good afternoon. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you who don't care, uh, my name is Abdul Kim Shabazz. I'm the editor and publisher of AnyPolitics.org, uh, lawyer, radio talk show host, political writer, commentator, been in Naples almost uh, 20 years, which is technically 17 years longer than I planned on being here. Because uh, originally when I came here, I was going to just do radio for a couple years and go back and go marry my girlfriend and run for public office, but one day I was driving back from Springfield, she called me to break up with me. She's like, well, I guess I'm stuck here now. <laughs> but I jokingly say, had my ex-girlfriend not broken up with me, I'd never met my lovely wife. So at the end of the day. What was us? Yeah, yeah. No, not you, sorry. We're flattered. Uh, no, we appreciate you folks uh, being here. Uh, I want to uh, uh, do a quick uh, name of the candidates. Uh, Andrew Grabowski, the 7th District, Dr. Alex Choi, uh, State Senate District 29, J.D. Ford, Senate District 29, the incumbent. Uh, Cindy Carrasco, Marion County Prosecutor, Republican candidate, incumbent Ryan Mears, Democrat. Uh, Tiffany Vivo, uh, Marion County Court Judge, and Amber Collins. Amber, I can never pronounce your last name. Amber. Amber. There we go. I figure I get it eventually. Use it's just your honor is what I call it. Uh, also, Democratic candidate for Mary County Circuit Judge. Uh, they'll all be speaking today. Our other candidates who will not be speaking, we're going to acknowledge their presence in the room. Uh, Barcy Alahos, uh, Mary County Recorder. Faith Kimbrough, uh, Mary County Recorder. Annette Johnson, Pike Township Trustee. Alonzo Anderson, Pike Township School Board. And Terry Webster, uh, Pike Township School Board as well. And also, uh, my good friend, State Senator Greg Taylor. So please, uh, a round of applause for our elected officials. Uh, the way this is going to work is uh, Jose and uh, Terry will come and introduce uh, the Republican and Democratic candidates for county prosecutor. Then they'll uh, speak for a couple minutes apiece. Then we'll go through our uh, Congress, recorder judge, uh, and state senate just have them talk for two minutes. Then we'll open up uh, for questions. You see a little card. Uh, if not, uh, be sure to grab one, write it down, and I'll kind of filter through and sort of go from there. Uh, so. Ms. Evans, we'll, Dr. Evans, we'll start with you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Abdul, and for everyone. And by the way, I'm not a can, I'm just sitting down right here. <laughs> That's next year's discussion. Oh. <laughs> 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 Well, thank you all for being here, also for Abdul for hosting. Um, for one, this is just an event um, organized by a few Pike Township residents, for Pike Township residents, and obviously open to uh, folks in the city. So uh, we know that it's important to be an informed voter, and so we wanted to find an opportunity to bring the candidates to you. So it was just an idea that we had a few weeks ago that came together, so we appreciate you being a part of it. Um, but today, it's as a lifelong Democrat, and more than 20-year resident of Pike Township, it's an honor for me to introduce and endorse our current Marion County Democratic Prosecutor, Ryan Mears. Um, I'm endorsing Prosecutor Mears because he has brought Indianapolis to the 21st century with his enlightened 
view concerning the circumstances around crime and violence. Um, as you may know, his focus is on violent crimes, keeping our community safe um, by focusing on those issues versus prosecuting like doctors or folks um, around uh, reproductive rights and also um, not focusing on low-level offenses, but instead on those crimes that affect us most. So he's found the research and common sense insight that arresting people for nonviolent crimes doesn't do any good. <clears throat> His philosophy on focusing on the root causes, such as substance abuse and mental health, as well as working with low-level offenders to find work, is the right direction for our city. He's from Indianapolis, a graduate of Cardinal Ritter. He received his bachelor's degree uh, from a sm fellow small liberal arts college, St. Joseph's College, uh, received his law degree from the McKinney School of Law, has 15 years in the Marion County um, as a deputy prosecutor, and the last four as chief trial deputy. Um, his wife is a fellow Hanoverian, Shannon, um, and he has two young sons. And so we would like to invite him to give just a couple minutes of remarks to share why he is running uh, for re-election. Thank you. I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> My name is Ryan Mears. I'm a Marion County prosecutor. Uh, I attended Cardinal Ritter High School and uh, went to St. Joseph's College, thought I was going to play in the NBA. I did not. Uh, and my fallback plan happened to be uh, to go to law school. And when I was in law school, I knew I was always going to have an interest in, in public service. Uh, my mom was a school teacher. My dad worked in insurance. And very quickly, I realized my mom really loved her job, and my dad just had a job. And so seeing those differences really you know, made me want to uh, be involved in public service and see how I could best make a difference in my community. And so when I graduated law school in 2006, I immediately began my career in the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. Uh, and I worked my way up. Uh, I literally started at an entry-level position handling just the simple misdemeanor cases and worked my way up to homicide cases. Uh, and I can tell you as a prosecutor, there is no better feeling, there's no greater feeling in terms of bringing justice to a victim's family. Being that person in the courtroom when you get that guilty verdict and looking at someone who's just lost their loved one, having that embrace, there's not a better feeling in the world. And under my leadership at the prosecutor's office, we have a 90% conviction rate as it relates to homicide cases. But I can tell you, when you walk out of that courtroom, you know that you have not solved violent crime in our community. And you know that you've only solved that one case. And so I always said to myself, if I ever get in a position of leadership, I want to make sure we're making changes that make us smarter. Someone asked me, do you want to be tough on crime? I said, no, I want to be smart on crime. And I want to make sure we're devoting our resources to, number one, make sure that we're handling violent crime. But number two, what can we do to try to help keep people out of the system and make sure we never see them in the system again? Uh, and so one of the first decisions I made was we're not going to prosecute low-level possession of marijuana cases. Uh, if, number one, it's an incredible waste of money. Uh, number two, when you look at who ends up in our criminal justice system, uh, too oftentimes it's black and brown people. Uh, if you look at marijuana usage rate among white Americans as well as African Americans, and then you see who sits in the courtroom, there's a huge disparity there. And if those disparities exist and we don't do anything about it, then we're part of the problem. And people don't trust the criminal justice system. Uh, so we acted very quickly to say we're not going to do that. Uh, the second thing that I'm really proud of that we work on is I'm a big believer in you got to give people opportunities. Very few people are going to go to jail for the rest of their life. Most of those people are coming back to our community. So how are we going to treat them when they come back? Uh, and so I work really hard to help people get expungements through our second chance fairs. We have people from Lilly, Cummings, all the big law firms come in, they volunteer, and we give you first class legal representation and we help you get expungements. Why is that uh, so important to me? Because I see too many good people who are denied housing opportunities because they have a prior felony. 
Uh, I see too many people who are denied uh, employment opportunities because of a prior felony. What I have learned as prosecutor is if I can get you a place to work and I can get you a place to live, I'm not going to see you in the criminal justice system. And we have all these barriers that prevent people from getting into those housing opportunities and getting people uh, those opportunities to, to, to work. Uh, and so we work really hard on that. Uh, we work really hard to help people get their driver's license reinstated. Uh, I'm not talking about the people, I live right off of 38th Street. I'm not talking about the people driving 150 miles an hour on 38th Street. But what I am talking about is the person who's driving who gets pulled over because they didn't come to a complete stop or they forgot to signal and then they don't have $160 so their license gets suspended. That's just a tax on poor people. It doesn't make our community safer. It doesn't make our community more fair. So we work really hard to waive those reinstatement fees. We waive those tickets uh, because I want people driving on the street legally. And I don't want that person looking over their shoulder every single time they get into the car uh, because there's no benefit to public safety. Uh, we also, I'm also a big believer in we've got to try new things and take a different approach on issues. Uh, one of the best examples of that is our approach with the Boys and Girls Club. I was tired of seeing the rate of recidivism among certain people when they had uh, a connection to the, to the juvenile justice system. Because when that happened, you know what happened? That kid's chance or opportunity for success decreased dramatically. So we had this great partnership with the Boys and Girls Club where we say on low-level nonviolent offenses, instead of paying that money to warehouse you in a facility, I'm going to pay that money so you can go to the Boys and Girls Club. And I want to send a message to those kids that I believe in you, and I want to give you a chance, and I want to give you an opportunity. And it's not just that we're sending them to the Boys and Girls Club, which is a positive space with tremendous programming, uh, but we also get them hooked up with a social worker. And the social worker starts to talk to these kids, and you know what we found out? The kids aren't the problem. They just have bad adults. They've got adults with mental health issues. They've got adults with addiction issues. They've got food insecurity issues. They've got housing issues. That's what's driving the criminal behavior. And so if we work with those kids and find housing solutions, help their parents get into mental health resources, that's what's making a difference. And then we don't see those kids again. Instead of throwing those kids away, we're going to invest in those kids. And we try to take that same approach as it results to people who have mental health and addiction issues. Uh, one of the biggest things I think is so important when we talk about the criminal justice system, it can't just all be about punishment. It has to be what can we do to try to help change behavior. And one of the best ways we can help change behavior is let's identify what's the problem here. Is your addiction driving your crime? Is your mental health driving your crime? Then let's get you into the resources to address those issues. And when we do those types of things, that's when we can have more success in our community. To me, there's two different paths. If you're charged with a homicide case, I'm sorry. There's not much we can do for you. We're going to move forward aggressively. We're going to prosecute you, and our conviction rate reflects that. But when we're talking about these other offenses, we need to make sure we're offering resources to people to try to help people so we can make a difference in our community. And that's what we try to do each and every single day at the prosecutor's office. And hopefully the result is a more fair place and a safer place. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now introduce uh, Cindy Carrasco is Jose Evans. Thank you, Abdul. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. My name is Jose Manuel Evans and I am a black Republican and former city county counselor for uh, District 1. It is a great pleasure for me to endorse Cindy Carrasco as our next Marion County prosecutor. I'm supporting Cindy because she has a well thought out plan to improve public safety, a plan that will work based on prevention, organization, accountability, and partnerships. For those who know me, like Cindy, my concerns have been with efforts to be proactive to prevent crime before it happens. This makes sense to me. 
That's why my efforts have mainly been around education and creating schools where students want to be. And as a county prosecutor, Sydney will have influence with the mayor and district superintendents and school boards, which can help prevent crime and violence countywide. Sydney is from El Paso, Texas, but made Indianapolis her home after receiving her law degree in 2006. She began her career as a staff attorney with the state's office of inspector general under then Governor Mike Pence, and later became executive director of the state ethics commission. She was later appointed inspector general herself, then became deputy general counsel for Governor Eric Holcomb's office. Cindy has just joined the law firm Riley Bennett Ingloff, LLP, and she has a husband named Robert and a daughter named Sarah. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you guys to Cindy Kirikasa. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Cindy Carrasco, and I made Indianapolis my forever home almost 20 years ago when I had the good fortune to move to this wonderful city um, to be able to make my dream of becoming a lawyer a reality. I'm the daughter of naturalized Mexican immigrants. I grew up in El Paso, Texas. I spoke Spanish uh, and later learned English when I went to school. And because of that, I often translated uh, for my mom and later became an advocate for both of my parents. And it was that advocacy that really sparked my desire to want to be a lawyer. Uh, my husband and I came to Indianapolis and we, quite frankly, just fell in love with the city. It was vibrant, it was full of hope, it was on an upward trajectory, and it was safe. Um, immediately after uh, law school, I got my dream job. And I say it's my dream job because I was doing what I set out to do in becoming a lawyer, which was helping people. I had the great fortune to have many leadership opportunities in government, but it was my role as Inspector General for the state of Indiana that really prepared me uh, to be able to run for prosecutor. In that role, I led a law enforcement agency, and I worked with law enforcement across all branches, and more importantly, I worked with prosecutor's offices across the entire state of Indiana on cases, including the Marion County Prosecutor's Office. In that role, I had a great relationship with uh, Terry Curry, who was then the prosecutor. We had a common sense approach to uh, making decisions on each case based on the facts that were presented. Now I'm running for prosecutor because our city is facing a public safety crisis. And I say it's a public safety crisis because we have had record homicides in our city for two straight years. Last year, 271 people lost their life in our city. This year, over 180 people have lost their lives already. We're on track to uh, breaking over 200 homicides in our city. Over 900 people have been shot or stabbed. Over 76 children have been shot in our city. Those numbers are just extraordinary to me. I believe that public safety is, is the foundation for opportunity. And as the daughter of immigrants, opportunity is incredibly important to me. That's why I chose the city, because I knew it was full of opportunity for me and for my family. And I want to get us back to having that safety so that we can get to addressing all the other issues that are affecting our communities, because there are a lot. But without public safety, we can't move on from there. And how am I planning to do this? 
It's simple. I want to bring the prosecutor's office uh, back to doing the fundamentals. I want to talk about accountability. I want to work on partnerships. And I want to work on preventative efforts. First, it's focusing on uh, holding those repeat and violent offenders accountable. I'm not talking about necessarily having people who would commit their first offense or their second offense and throwing them in jail. That's not what I'm about. But what I'm saying is when you have a pattern of showing repeat violent behavior that I just don't think it's appropriate for us to be able to put those folks back on our streets to give them the opportunity to reoffend. Now, I want to be clear. I believe that every individual's interaction with the criminal justice system is an opportunity and a responsibility for us to be able to put that person on a better path. And when I say accountability, accountability looks differently for different people. For some, it might mean enrollment in a mental health treatment program. For others, perhaps it's drug treatment. For some, maybe it's enrollment in a, a problem-solving court that's going to get to that underlying issue that is driving that person to having that criminal um, activity. But for some, again, who show a pattern of repeat violent behavior, then jail is an option. Now, I want to work in partnership to get this accomplished. Partnership with a variety of stakeholders. Very, very fundamentally, there has to be a partnership between the prosecutor's office and law enforcement. We need to get back where those two folks, those two groups of people, are working together hand in hand to make sure that we keep our street, city streets safe. It's not just law enforcement, it's all of our communities. It's our faith-based leaders. It is our nonprofit organizations that are very much dedicating their work to helping people either at the preventative end of having people interact with the criminal justice system or at the other end who are wanting to help those people who are coming out of prison to make sure that they are on a, red, on a better path to reduce recidivism. It's about coordinating all of those efforts in partnership with with those folks. And then finally, it's about prevention. It's about using every single tool. It's about setting the tone in our county that as the chief law enforcement officer, we are going to focus on prevention, that we are going to use every tool in the tool bag that a prosecutor has to prevent crime, including the red flag law. It is about getting back to the basics. It's about getting back to the fundamentals. The job description is in the title of the office. It's about prosecuting crime. That is the first and foremost uh, focus that I will have. My focus is to reduce violent crime, and I will partner with those others to be able to supplement and make our system as a whole better, but we've got to get back to uh, prosecuting crime so that we can make our city safe and vibrant once again. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.